Would you like me to search your delivery? You are generous as you are divine. Oh, booty queens and booty queens. I don't give a damn what you're entitled to. So, if you don't like it, you can take back your food and your castle and f*** right off. You should treat books with more respect. Welcome to Mystery Pony Fiction, hosted by the Mystery Fluttershy fan. Hen Games by Summer Solstice. Celestia watched over Scootaloo's shoulder as Applebloom and Sweetie Belle departed. Sisters leading the way, their forms gradually disappeared into the even tide horizon. Celestia brought her head low to the filly and spoke. Child, you are expecting some pony to accompany your return to Ponyville, are you not? Scootaloo's answer came uncertainly. Yeah, Rainbow Dash was supposed to pick me up with every pony else, but I don't see her anywhere. Celestia pondered. Hmm, I'm certain it's nothing to fret over, but I could look for her if you'd like. Scootaloo bobbed her head rapidly, and Celestia returned it with a single placent nod. Turning away from the filly, she gestured to her guards and then Scootaloo. Guards, see that this young lady is protected on my leave. Then, to Scootaloo, I will not be long. Though Celestia knew not much about Twilight's friends, she could expect with certainty the Rainbow One would arrive by feather over hoof. Once in the open, she spread her great wings and took to the skies, scanning the horizons for any notion of her whereabouts. She found none, nor others. This was not unusual. Pegasi generally shied from late night flying for safety reasons. Immediately, she waited for the mare's arrival and reflected. She realized a part of her didn't wish for Scootaloo's departure. Not so soon, at least. It was exceptionally rare she had the opportunity to care for young ones. She'd been eager to allow Miss Chera Lee to bring her class for a field trip. And when Scootaloo and her friends, the cutie mark crusaders they called themselves, begged their sisters to stay longer, Celestia leapt at the chance. True to the public perception of her as the nation's kind of mother figure, Princess Celestia adored caring for others, Young ones in particular, it reminded her of when Luna and her were fillies, and she, the older sister responsible for her little sibling's behaviour. Many times she opined for those simpler days, but for a long while now, Luna had been as grown as she was. Oof! The wind was knocked from her lungs. Something had struck her from the side and sent her hurtling to the ground. But she quickly realigned herself and she caught her breath and swiveled about to see who or what had impacted her. She heard a familiar voice. Oops, sorry princess. With nervous laughter, Rainbow Dash flew down to meet her. Didn't see you there. Got caught up with some stuff and came here as fast as I could, which, uh, as you can probably tell, is pretty fast. Not that I'm bragging or anything. Indeed, never bragging, she thought mirthfully. It's all right. I've endured far worse in my time. Come, Scootaloo is waiting for you. When Celestia returned alongside Rainbow, Scootaloo's expression brightened. She bounced on her hooves excitedly and tossed the two a wave. Sup, Squirt, said Rainbow and ruffled the filly's mane into an unkempt mess. But where Scootaloo expected her to offer up her back, Rainbow continued. Had some tryouts come up, so I won't be able to take you home tonight. 
and your aunts won't be able to come for a few days either. Was thinking the princess could keep you a bit longer till I got the time. Scootily pouted, cast her gaze downwards. Oh, okay. Oh, come on, kid. You get to hang out with the oldest living relic in the whole world. Who wouldn't kill for a chance like that? Celestia frowned, raised an eyebrow in Rainbow's direction. Ah, uh, I mean, the, uh, most experienced mare in Equestria. <laughs> I'm not saying you're old. Rainbow gulped, and Celestia, after snorting, burst into a fit of ladylike giggles. Scootaloo followed on the joke, and eventually Rainbow too joined in, though more nervously. I'll take good care of her, Celestia assured. There are many things in the castle that should keep her busy. Oh, Scootaloo whined. I can't go canterlotting. Canterlotting? Hmm, is that what they call it these days? No, however, I'm afraid not. Not unless I can find a pony to escort you. The city is safe, of course, but I'd rather not take the risk. Scootaloo stuck out her bottom lip, but nodded reluctantly. As Celestia observed, Rainbow crouched to Scootaloo's ear and whispered words unheard. Whatever she had said, it changed the filly's disappointment to a queer grin. Well, see you later then. Hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully without crashing into me this time, Celestia said, winking, and crimson flush rose to Rainbow's cheeks. Scootaloo gawked at her. Wait, did you seriously? Well, gotta go. See you later. Before Scootaloo could finish assessing the truth of Celestia's accusation, Rainbow was dashing madly away. She hadn't bothered to finish her sentence before she was gone. Words becoming harder and harder to make out as she disappeared like a twinkle into the dusk horizon. Celestia watched her departure with a half smile, amused, and then returned her attention to her charge. So then, Celestia said, I'll see to it that you eat well tonight. Perhaps, now that it is just you and I? Softly smiling, Celestia leaned down to Scootaloo's level. Perhaps I'll permit you a drink of wine. My cabinets are stocked with only the finest vintage liquors in Equestria. Just a sip though, and no telling. Abruptly she rose, and beckoned with an unfurling wind. But in the meantime, let us head off to sup. Scootaloo nodded, and her eyes glinted with mischief. Mischief that Celestia took to mean excitement at the prospect of trying alcohol. Her assumption was partially correct. The trot to the banquet hall was not a long one but it was not short either. Along the way, she dropped to chat briefly with ponies she knew well, but generally tried to keep peace with the hunger of a growing foal. She smiled reminiscently, remembering how she and her sister would become so cranky and churlish when they didn't receive their food on time. As she did, she felt a tickle upon her flank and flicked at it with her tail. Just an itch, it would appear. Peculiar. Celestia began to note how the guards and attendants would glance her way and chuckle amongst themselves. She wondered what it was they found so funny, but when she turned her head in their direction they'd suddenly stand straight and salute as if nothing were amiss. Oh well, she thought, let them have their fun, whatever it may be. Later that night, after being filled with a generous meal prepared by the masterful hooves of Celestia's chefs, Scootaloo lay in bed, 
gazing up at the darkened ceiling. She took in the size of the room, it was massive for any one foal or grown pony for that matter, and stocked to the rafters with the sort of amenities a mare like rarity could die for. She wouldn't admit it for the sake of her own ego, but without her friends it felt lonely, too large just for her. The accompaniment of her friends and classmates had been a reassuring presence and made the whole place not feel so big and intimidating. If nothing else, she would at least be entertained for a while thanks to Rainbow's pranking idea, which when she thought about it, a light bulb went off above Scootaloo's head. Hey, get out of here! What did I tell you about doing that? Squawking, Scootaloo slapped her hoof against the light bulb and sent it crashing to the floor. That stupid thing seemed to really enjoy interrupting her when she was about to have an idea. Now, she had to recollect herself and figure out where she had been. So, where was she? Oh, right! A light bulb went off inside Scootaloo's head. Mark her words, because this was going to be her best plan for getting a cutie mark yet. It wasn't until Celestia went to bed and she finally noticed the sticky note taped to her butt. It crumpled against her fur when she sat onto the cover, to which she plucked the paper off with her magic and floated it before her so she could read. Sun-sized, it read, and she scowled lightly. The talk over how she had a larger than average plank was not an uncommon one, and it was a joke she didn't much appreciate. She'd never personally been one for mocking others' appearances. She shrugged, scrunched the offending paper into a tight ball, and tossed it into the fireplace. Ultimately, she supposed, if it gave the ponies under her some sense of levity, she could tolerate it. The following morning, upon her wake, she'd forgotten entirely the joke and the prankster who played it on her. She had a busy schedule to work through today, and in her mind the best way to start off a day such as that was to freshen up in the morning. Her shower went without trouble, and then she went to Scootaloo's room to alert her for breakfast. But oddly, when she knocked upon the filly's door, she received no answer. When she peeked inside after announcing her presence, she saw the girl wasn't present at all. Strange, she mused, but she figured she'd find her somewhere, and she did once she made her way to the dining hall. Apparently Scootaloo had beaten her there. Good morning to you, Celestia greeted. I was wondering why you weren't in your chambers. Scootaloo beamed. If Celestia didn't know any better, she swore it seemed like she was trying to hold something back. Morning, princess. Yeah, I was really hungry, so I came early. Celestia nodded and politely took her place opposite the girl. Breakfast had already been whipped up for her, but not yet for Celestia. The chefs waited typically for her to give her explicit request unless ordered otherwise. When Celestia seated herself, however, she startled as a sound ripped from the seat. <laughs> Celestia's features contorted. She sat up immediately, looked down to the chair, and there saw a whoopee cushion. Behind her, she could hear Scootaloo's barely contained snicker. Now just what is going on here? She mumbled to herself, 
Such foolish games. Ah, oh, well, nothing of it. She plucked the toy off her seat and teleported it back to her chambers for later disposal. First the note, now this. It would appear she had a dedicated jester in her midst. Afterwards, breakfast went well. She ordered huevos rancheros topped with a bed of hash browns and fried onion straws, crisped to perfection. All smothered in the chunkiest and spiciest hay chili they could prepare. The meal was altogether perhaps a tad decadent, and she felt that maybe the previous evening's prankster's gambit had a point about keeping her weight in check. But she loved the sensation of delicious food too much to restrain herself. Besides, she reasoned, she was an alicorn. A little extra padding could hardly hurt, right? The rest of the day was mostly uneventful. Dryer court hearings over which she presided, mind-numbing conversations with diplomats or dukes and duchesses over the minute wording of a single line from a single throwaway passage, the usual for her. The one thing she did look forward to that afternoon was the grand opening of a new exhibition hall, where the ponies of Equestria could gather and plan showings of everything from art to music or alchemical creation. But when she went to use her pair of royal state-issued scissors, the ribbon remained intact. Strange, Celestia thought, but not all too unusual. The same had happened to her before. She just needed to try again. Not to worry, my subjects. I'm certain these scissors will see to cooperate with their princess, she joked. Smiling, a quiet, amused laughter passed through the crowd. The only kind of laughter capable among the elite of society. Celestia grimaced. Frustrated, Celestia's face hardened into angry determination. Nothing. With a groan of exasperation she could scarcely keep hidden, she passed the issue and the scissors off to gathered ponies. From somewhere deep in the crowd she heard a filly's guffle, one that sounded similar <laughs> but that she couldn't quite pinpoint. And from there, the laughter spread amongst every pony else like a wave. She tried to maintain her composure and cleared her throat, slicing the ribbon in two with her magic instead. I present to you Canterlot's most recent contribution to the fine works of this great nation, she proclaimed. But even in her royal Canterlot voice, she could barely be heard above the din of laughter. After that little incident, Celestia was glad to be back in the palace and out of the public eye. It would be weeks, maybe months before the tabloids and street chat stopped talking about it. Now though, here in her own domain, she could unwind a little. Dinner came soon and she was eager to dine. Scootaloo sat across from her as before and Luna alongside towards the end of the table. The three were engaged in a small conversation over nothing in particular when the food arrived, and Celestia was surprised. She hadn't given any explicit orders for tonight's meal. She supposed the chefs must have had something in mind they wanted her to try. Each meal was different. Scootaloo had a chickpea burger with spicy barbecue sauce and fried pickles. Luna, a roasted tomato bisque with a sort of margarita pizza-styled grilled cheese. And Celestia, one of her favourite meals of all time, cottage pie. Humming in anticipation, she closed her eyes and forked a piece off with her magic, 
She levitated the forkful up into her mouth and awaited the savoury goodness of potatoes and hay beef. She nearly gagged on her own fork. The taste was wrong. Eyes wide, she stared down at her plate and past the pie she saw it looked like... Cake? Yes, right there, where she'd removed a piece from the greater hole. Rather than more potato later and pie filling behind it, it looked like the inside of a strawberry cake with vanilla frosting. Inspecting it further, she scooped up the potato mash and tried that on its own. Frosting. Some with the filling. When she actually got past the fact that the whole thing was just a big piece of cake, she could enjoy it. But the initial expectation and utterly unexpected surprise had shaken her. What great fun! Luna exclaimed, clapping her silver-clad hooves together. Whoever played this upon you must be of great mind and greater humour. Dear sister, you should feel honoured. Yes, Celestia replied stiffly, smiling like cardboard. Honoured. In her mind, she relived that afternoon. That morning, last night, she'd been able to tolerate it at first. But she was at her wit's end. The next strike that came, she was going to hit back. Scootaloo hopped off her high chair when Celestia announced her departure for the evening. Grinning, she skipped over to Luna and prodded her shoulder with her forehoof. Luna! 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 The princess quirked her head. Yes, little Scoots, she asked. Grinning wider, Scootaloo leaned up and whispered for Luna's ears only. I was the one who did the cake prank and the scissors and, I mean, basically everything else. I'm trying to get my prankster's cutie mark. Oh, Luna exclaimed, for a momentary flicker, the knifey mare thought to alert her sister, then thought better of it. In fact, she thought of a much better idea. Dear Scootaloo, she purred, I have a proposition for you. From first crack of dawn, Celestia was on the warpath. She would find this hooligan and bring them to justice. For her, that meant only a stern reprimand. But heaven's help her if she couldn't put the fear of divinity into a mare. Oddly, she could find neither high nor low the filly named Scootaloo, neither in her room nor at breakfast. More strangely, however, was the lack of pranks throughout the rest of the day. What gives? she wondered. Yesterday had been a cavalcade of japes and jokes, but today there was nary a peep. Nor was there, she noted, any sign of the foal she was in charge of. She asked around, naturally, but no pony where she'd gone off to. Hours passed, as did lunchtime, and nothing. Soon enough, it was time for her scheduled Parliament session of the week, held in the same grand room used for day court. She walked through the doors to find herself the only one present and went to take her place at the back wall behind her speaking podium. Just to be certain, she glanced behind her at the seat, eyeing it with supreme suspicion. Nothing rests on the cushion, so she removed it with her magic and discovered... Nothing there either. She breathed a quiet sigh of relief. Maybe, just maybe the prankster had had their fill, or decided it was not conductive to one's well-being to toy with their head of state. Either way, she sat upon her haunches 
and folded her front hooves to wait. Attendance trickled in little by little as the session grew closer, steadily filling the high-seated rows lining the left and right walls. When near to everyone was present, she pounded her gavel and announced session was in order. Now where, oh where, is my assistant? She questioned and slyly paged, said Mayor in the lulls between talking. But right when she was ready to send it out, her beloved secretary arrived. My sincerest apologies, Raven said, bowing and crossing herself profusely. I'm not sure what happened, but I couldn't find the coffee pot anywhere. Then I just did, and I had some already freshly brewed. So I brought that. I see, said Celestia, skeptically. She took the non-offensive looking cup of joe and sniffed. <sighs> well then, all seems in order to me. Thank you, Raven. Of course, your majesty. Just let me know if you need anything else, Raven said, bowing again. When Celestia took her sip, she did so daintily. She suspected the disappearance of the coffee pot had something to do with the mystery joker, but the dark brew appeared and smelled all regular to her. A cursory magical examination revealed the same. A pony would need to be a very powerful caster to hide a spell or potion from her. And certainly a child like Scootaloo could never accomplish such a feat, for she'd begun to suspect her the machinator behind all these recent troubles. Then she felt something. She'd already drunk half the cup and sensed it was too late. Beneath her, Celestia felt her body being pushed up. More padding was gathering under her, like the cushion was gradually expanding. But no, when she looked down, she saw it wasn't the cushion, it was her rump. Celestia shrieked and the coffee cup dropped, splashing its contents across the marble and carpet Seething, she stood and imposed herself over the room. In her royal cantaloupe voice, she boomed, gesturing to the cup and her bloated flanks. They'd grown massively in only a few seconds, leaving her haunches a cartoonish pair of bouncing balloons, sun-sized indeed. Who has dare violate our body in this grotesquity? Reveal thyself, Dave, and we shall show us thou the white fury of the sun. The room went silent then burst into raucous laughter. Each solar hot word she spat, any intimidation factor she possessed, was quashed utterly by the way her backside jiggled about behind her. But there, off to the side, she saw two very specific ponies giggling to themselves. <laughs> you! She mouthed, but dared not announce. They would get their punishment sooner or later. For the time being, she called the session to disperse and reassemble the next day. In the courtyard, she brought out a tool she hadn't used in a very, very long time. Later, during dinner, she acted as if everything were normal, like she didn't suspect a thing about either of them. Upon finishing her meal, she tidied up, dabbed at her lips with a napkin, folded it, and left her dishes neatly stacked for the servants to collect. She continued holding conversation, but interjected once Luna finished her own supper. Luna! There were some important matters I wished to speak with you of before tomorrow. Would you kindly accompany me outside? Of course, sister, Luna agreed, 
and shoved away from the table. She pushed her chair back in, and when passing Scootaloo gave her a quick hair ruffle and knowing wink, Scootaloo returned it, and Celestia did not fail to notice the passing gesture. The second Luna stepped out into the banquet hall and closed the doors. Celestia teleported the both of them somewhere quiet and secluded in the castle. She couldn't risk Luna trying to escape. I know, Celestia stated simply, leveling a stern glare her sister's way that could melt steel beams, a fact which couldn't be said about jet fuel. Luna inquired warily, not fully understanding. You know? Yes, I know, she repeated harshly. Don't play dumb with me, Luna. I know about your little game with Scootaloo. The realization solidified rapidly onto the Princess of the Night's features. Her eyes widened and began darting left and right to seek an escape route. None existed, but just to make sure, Celestia erected a glowing golden wall on either side. If Luna wanted to get through those, she'd need to put up her magical dukes. I... I... am... afraid I don't fully comprehend what it is you are implying of me, Tia. I have done nothing with dear little Scootaloo besides converse. Is that so? Then what would you have to say about this? Celestia demanded, popping the coffee cup from earlier into existence. She threw it against the floor at Luna's hooves, which slowly rolled until it bounced off her regala with a metallic confusion, realization, recognition, and finally comprehension dawned on Luna's face flashing rapidly from one to the other. You can tell me, Lulu. I'm not too angry. Just... mostly angry. Celestia cooed, sidling up alongside her younger sibling. When Celestia wanted to, she could leverage her superior height and power to its fullest, and she did so now. With her chin upturned, chest held high, and stature straight, and a smug expression of condensation on her snout, she came across as positively imperious. To soothe Luna's worries, she laid a wing atop her, wrapping it around her side and rubbing gently. We're sisters. Tell me what you want, and I will give it to you. All you need to do is admit what you did. Scootaloo was left alone in the dining room for an uncomfortably long wait before Celestia returned. Luna, however, was nowhere in sight. She was too busy playing on her brand sparkling new Hay Station 5. Of which maybe three or so existed on the entirety of Foss's Green Equus, at least those which weren't in the possession of scalpers. More importantly, she squealed on the baby chick, and that chick was about to get roasted. Scootaloo? Celestia said in her softest, kindest voice. There is something special I'd like you to see. Could you be a dear and follow me, please? Scootaloo nodded and was led out into the courtyard. In the centre beneath the dusky sky was what looked to be some sort of cannon. It was ornate, white with gold trim, amethyst inlaid, blotched with shapes that looked like lunar craters. This is the only remaining cannon from a war in Equestria's past, lost to history, Celestia lectured. 
Every last word she spoke was a blatant lie. It's no longer functional, so don't worry about your safety. I would never harm a child. Would you like to see it up close? Scootaloo nodded, cocking her head this way and that to look at the massive thing from every angle. Compared to it, she was tiny. Even next to Celestia, it towered above, almost twice as high. Whatever ammunition could be loaded into this, Scootaloo reasoned, would be the size of a boulder. Somewhere, far out in Equestria, Tom burst into cold sweats. May I touch it? asked Scootaloo. Celestia bowed her head in a half nod, granting her permission. You may. It's been enchanted so that no handling will mar its features. Astounding, is it not? That mere magic can sustain a relic from before my own time into the present? Of course, spells like that need upkeep to continue functioning. But regardless, it is a marvel. Can you feel it? The weight of thousands of years of witness history? I can, Scootaloo said, amazed, as she traced the gold trim's contours with her hoof. Celestia would never tell her she was the one who made the cannon in the first place. Only a touch over a thousand years ago at that. Still impressive, no doubt, but nowhere near the ancient antiquity she made it out to be. Whatever got her to buy the scam, Celestia didn't much care. No pony called her butt fat, especially not some bratty foal. Celestia pushed further, coming in behind Scootaloo to nudge her with a wing. Gently, the filly was guided more into the cannon's front. Would you like to take a closer look, young one? They stood before the cannon now, partly aimed up. It was just low enough to the ground, a younger pony could climb into it. Subtly, Celestia again brushed her feathers against Scootaloo's back, implicitly urging her forward. Surprisingly, Scootaloo fell for the bait. For a pony able to pull the wool over her eyes multiple times in the span of a few days, those smarts definitely didn't seem to matter. It seemed almost too convenient. But then again, children were rather stupid. She watched the filly clamber up into the barrel, using the momentum she could generate from her wings to create extra boost. Once she was securely inside, Celestia paced behind the cannon and prepared to send this particularly annoying chicken flying. From deeper inside, Celestia heard Scootily shout, It's really dark in here! Celestia just smiled. Oh yes, but don't worry, she said. It will be much brighter where you're going. What do you mean, princess? Scootily got her answer when Celestia lit the fuse before it sent the orange-purple filly hurtling towards the moon. She offered her one last comment. This is for calling me fat! And thus, amidst the boom of the cannon and the surprised scream of Scootaloo gradually tapering off into the horizon, Celestia cackled.
Scooter Lou landed on the surface of the moon with a heavy displacing dust all around her. Equestria made up a swirly blue and green marble far away and the rest surrounding her was empty black punctuated by the occasional twinkling of stars as she processed the punishment she'd been given reflecting on how stupid it'd been to do what she'd done. She looked down, overjoyed momentarily at having finally gotten a cutie mark. The whole point of this venture had been to get it, and although she now faced indeterminate imprisonment on the surface of the moon, she'd achieved her goals. Eagerly, she looked down to her flank and saw rubber chicken hanging limply with a brush marked red X across it. Seriously? She shrugged. At least Celestia hadn't fired her into the sun. For the next day or so, Scootly traversed the lunar plane dully. There wasn't a whole lot to see beyond barren whitish grey landscape and the whole bouncy house gravity charm wore off quickly. The rest of her time she spent moving rocks around, peeking under them to make sure there weren't any spooky moon rock crab spiders and exploring craters. She did try looking at the sun at one point, but after having a dark spot burned into her vision, she realised that might not have been the greatest idea she'd ever had. Fortunately her sentence was not a thousand year one. All told she was on the moon for about a day before she was unceremoniously teleported from there back to Equestria. Her eyes widened as Celestia stood before her, looming regally above her. Her expression bore that of a stern, motherly figure, silent and disappointed. She said not a word, as though waiting for Scootaloo to first break the silence. Scootaloo bowed and apologised. I'm sorry, princess. You should be. Mocking your elders for things which they cannot help is not a very kind thing to do. She said this, of course, knowing that she could absolutely slim down if she only cut back on the calories. She wasn't going to tell Scootaloo that, though. What was she? Stupid? Besides, she laughed, I believe your new cutie mark is punishment enough. Oh, yeah. That. On second thought, maybe Scootaloo would have preferred she'd been fired into the sun. But before she could mull over that for very long, the cutie mark disappeared from her flanks. Celestia grinned like a madmare and leaned close, whispering to Scootaloo. Prampia. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash tmff to get early access to audiobooks and to be able to request I do a reading of what you want, provided the author approves.
Thank you to Artlist.io for providing the massive music and sound effect library that I have to work with. And most of all, thank you to the bronies who write the amazing stories that inspire me to make these. Fluttershy and Izzy are best ponies. I now have a Discord server where you can join in and chat with other fanfiction fans. If you enjoy what I do, you can donate to me on Ko-Fi. Links in the description.